And we welcome you into Berea, home of the Cleveland Browns, and the best podcast available, Training Camp Edition, first day in pads for your 2020 Cleveland Browns. I'm Jason Gibbs alongside Andrew Gribble. And Gribbs, let's get right down to it. The news of the day coming from Berea, and it revolves around our star running back, Nick Chubb, who left the football field after a, uh, after a hard tackle from Mac Wilson. Uh, an update on Nick Chubb for the people, Mr. Gribble. Yeah, it's not much of an update, but it's kind of what we figured while we, when we watched it. He's, he's being evaluated for a possible concussion, and we know, you know those evaluations can take a little bit, but I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll get some clarity on it. Uh, likely would be before uh, Tuesday's practice, but not something you want to see uh, on the practice field. Uh, hopefully it's something he can get past here soon, but uh, the, these things can kind of happen, but it, it's, it's unfortunate for a guy that hasn't missed a snap really basically since he's been with the Browns, played in all 32 games. Uh, so you haven't seen this guy hurt very much. So always, always tough to see one of the best players go down. Yeah. Uh, and again, you never want anybody to have a concussion, but given the circumstances, it probably, it might be the best case scenario. Is that wrong to say? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I want him to be healthy, but like it was, a, it was a rough tackle and it yeah. was raining and you worry at first you're like, you know, did his leg get caught underneath him? You know, there's a lot of things that go through your mind about that. So, I mean, we wish him well and wish him a, a speedy recovery. And, you know, again, the good news is we still have a month before we play football for real. Correct. <laughs> so, yeah. I think that's the, that's the thing you you want to avoid as, as much of these injuries as possible, more, more because obviously you don't want to see guys get hurt, but you don't want to miss opportunities to get down with the off, like get the offense down and, and getting some, some rhythm and routine. And clearly Gibbs after today, uh, there, there's, there's some, some need for more, uh, more, more rhythm, more routine for, for, for this offense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and the one thing I would say going back and before we put this, you know, and then we'll put this all to bed here with Nick Chubb and again, being evaluated for a, uh, for a concussion, um, a teachable moment for a young guy like Mac Wilson, who's, you know, I mean, we talked about it yesterday. It was, is pretty passionate and, you know, he's a little upset right now. He feels like his room is being undervalued by media and uh, by football pundits or experts. Um, you know, feels like a little disrespect and maybe playing over the top a little, playing a little harder than he should. And, you know, Coach Stefanski uh, pulled him aside a couple times. They had some conversations, but let's not, let's not forget that Mac Wilson's a young player and he's a rising star in the National Football League. Made a mistake and, you know, we move on, I think, in that situation. Yeah, and it was just yesterday when Mac was talking about how he views – Nick Chubb is the NFL's best running back, bar none. He hasn't seen a better one yet. And uh, so clearly has all the respect in the world for Nick Chubb. And, and hopefully we'll, we'll see them both back on the field together because both these guys right now are, are major starters for this team. Yeah, no question about it. All right, let's get to today. Uh, it was supposed to have – we were supposed to have a quick brief shower. Um, I overheard the, the equipment guys talking about uh, and the football ops people at about two o'clock and at three fifteen, it was still raining <laughs> and at numerous times it was raining sideways wind rain coming from the south wind coming or rain then coming from the north and wrapping back around uh it was a day and you mentioned it during practice i don't think 
I can remember the last time we practiced outside in a rainstorm like that. Yeah, I think it, it might have been a combination of things. First off, it's just a, could be a philosophy thing with Stefanski. He wanted to see uh, how he how the team handled uh, the, the different conditions. And secondly, this is not one of those situations where you can just run into the field house for 20 minutes and, and run back outside. Your, your field house is a little bit compromised, and uh, you, you probably can't do too much in there as is. So kind of had to just play on. I, I think it was interesting because clearly – Yesterday, you made the decision to move up practice because of thunder and lightning. You can't practice outside lightning, no matter how tough you want to make your team. Lightning's a no-go. I think you just can't do it. But today, they knew that they, they could probably practice through this stuff, and, and they made the decision to stick with that. And I think the, the players were dealt some adverse circumstances and, and were, were tested a bit today. And I'm not quite sure they passed that test. No. It, it, <laughs> it was, was a rough day for both sides of the football. Yeah, it, it, there was, it was just sloppy. I think that that's, you're, you're going you're gonna to see practices like that uh, at this time of year. And I, I think that for the offense, just not a lot to, to, to speak about big play-wise. I think maybe the biggest one I saw was a, a, a pass play to Taewon Taylor. I think probably was with the second team uh, offense for about 20, 25 yards. Uh, even one of the biggest plays that, that Nick Chubb had, I believe, earlier in the practice, it ended with, uh, Greedy Williams smacking the ball out of his hands. So that that good thing for the defense, but they surrendered that big play to begin with. So uh, there will be a lot of teaching moments uh, in the next 24 hours, and we'll, we'll see how the team responds uh, on Tuesday. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that, you know, it, it was a nice job by the defense to make plays downfield in terms of punching the ball out. The ball was obviously pretty slick today, and, and some guys had trouble with that. But um, the offense – they struggled a little bit to get going and get any momentum going. The defense at times looked pretty stout, but even they had their moments. Yeah, I thought the intensity was pretty high defensively, and I thought I think that's been a theme for these first few days. And uh, I've liked what I've seen from from what they've had at linebacker with Mac Wilson, B.J. Goodson, Sione Taki Taki, and uh, the defensive line made a couple plays there early. They got fired up about that. Uh, and you've got a couple players filling in uh, at, at some premium starting positions. You've got Chad Thomas playing where Miles Garrett's at. And then uh, today with, with Carl Joseph's sideline, you had Grant Delpit out there uh, starting alongside Anderson Deo. So Delpit was playing more of your strong safety, and, and, but sometimes we did see him go back as the free safety, but uh, with Sandejo as, as, as the strong. So uh, a, a lot of, a lot of good opportunities out there for, for the defense and, uh, there was just there was those couple moments though where big play to Chubb and then the almost big play to Odell Beckham uh, where he got way behind the defense. I mean those those are the teachable moments that that are that are going to be be getting hammered here over the next 24 hours. Yeah, Joe Wood spent some time with uh, with Greedy and, and Mr. Sendejo. A uh, little mix up uh, on the coverage package it looked like, and Odell did get behind but uh, just couldn't couldn't bring the football in. Um, you know, it, it was it was it was tough at times to watch today, and I think it was the first time this year that we've had one of those practices. You know, Friday we were all pleasantly surprised, even though Coach necessarily wasn't thrilled about it. Uh, I thought we were surprised at the pace and how well they came out. And then yesterday, after a day off, they came out and played pretty well. And uh, in the pads, and like you said, I think the rain threw a little adversity at them. And, and again, some teachable moments uh, coming out of today's practice. No Jarvis Landry, no Carl Joseph. Uh, they were just activated from the pup, and 
probably rightfully so. There's no rush to get them on the field in pads when, when all of a sudden the tackling does get going here. Uh, you want these guys to be in, in peak shape when we get to September 13th. What else stood out to you today from today's practice? Well, I just think that they're still working through a lot of different things on offense. And I think we've still, one of the main things that we've continued to see, and this was the, the play that uh, was Nick Chubb's last on the field, is getting these running backs involved in the passing game. I feel like I've seen Kareem Hunt uh, catch as many passes as I've, I've seen him uh, take traditional carries back there. So we, we've, seen, we've seen those guys uh, be active. In that, but you're also seeing the plays like with Odell down the field We've seen some shots get taken by this offense. So it's a good mix, a good variety uh, of a lot of things that I think once it gets going and gets, gets in, a, in a good rhythm uh, is an offense that Browns fans are going to like to see because I think it has a little bit of everything for, for people to like. It, it's got the, the getting the wide receivers involved down the field. It's got the tight ends over the middle. It's got the run game that you're going to rely on. And I think we've seen a little bit of all of it uh, so far here through three days. Yeah, and I think if – Chubb's got to miss a, a, a little bit of time. Um, it's good to have a guy like Kareem Hunt yeah. <laughs> in the wings that you can go to. And, and Bo Bishop said it best on Browns Daily. He said, when your second team, when you look out there today and your second team is Kareem Hunt and David Njoku, you're, you're in a pretty good place from an offensive skill standpoint. And, you know, I think a guy, you know, those two guys – Dearness Johnson, Dontrell Hilliard, going to get some looks. And, you know, now's your time to shine in a situation like this. Yeah, it's big opportunities for someone. If, you're, if you bring back the same running back room as last year, that, that, that's, then that's the case. But a guy like a Benny LeMay, the undrafted running back, he'll probably get some more uh, opportunities now as well. And you always wonder how many running backs are you going to keep in this group this year now that you're keeping a fullback on this roster. That's, the, that's, the, that's going to affect – the math when it comes to September 5th. And so I, I, I do think it, it, it's it, for, for those backup running backs though, it's what can you do on special teams? We all, we know both of those guys, Dearness Johnson and Dontre Hilliard are going to be tough to top because they're both of them are, are core special teamers and why they really were on that team for all 16 games last year. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Game balls. Do you give out anything on offense or defense? Uh, I, I had it down in the rundown. Like, First day in pads, how about a game ball? Offensively, one player, one player on defense. Anything that uh, would would give you a game ball? I, I liked, I, I've liked what I've seen from Taewon Taylor here for the first couple days, and I think he's very much in the mix uh, for one of those spots in that wide receiver room. I think he also has a, a body type, a skill set that could make him make that, that group like you're trying to build a basketball team. He can fill a role. Uh, in this wide receiving core, I think he, he had he played some great football, f or, or he played much better for the Titans his first couple years in the league than what he showed last year with the Browns. Just didn't get a lot of opportunities. I think coming in at the end of the preseason is sometimes easier said uh, than done for some players, and I think that uh, kind of a clean slate for him this year. And I, I've seen him make plays, and that's what you've got to do to stand out. I think both he. I've actually liked what I've seen from him, Kadero Hodge, and Donovan Peoples-Jones so far. I saw Peoples-Jones made a couple tough catches today as well. Uh, I think all those guys are competing for, for some roles that we really don't know what they're going to look like, but but we know you need them on this team. Yeah, I, and that's where I was going next. A guy like Kadero Hodge, really, I mean, he's a special teamer. At the yeah. end of the day, he's a special teamer more so than a wide receiver. He got some looks last year, made a few plays as well. 
But, you know, the spotlight's on him because you've got a guy like Peoples-Jones and JoJo Natson, who are also special teams, you know, players that could be fitting into that mold. So now you've got to excel on the wide receiver side of things. And you're really seeing the battle uh, amp up here as we go day by day. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just it, – I really it's, – it's, that room is so hard to read beyond Jar- Jarvis and Odell because we, we look at that Minnesota offense from last year and it's like, can you name any wide receivers beyond Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on that team? But, it, but, that, but we also don't want to put Kevin Stefanski kind of – you don't want to pigeonhole him into one kind of thing because maybe he builds an offense that kind of uh, makes the most of what you got on hand and we'll, we'll see what the Browns are able to do uh, beyond their top two wide receivers. But uh, but this is an offense that is going to incorporate multiple running backs, multiple tight ends. You can only get 11 guys on the field, and five of them are offensive linemen. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see how, how this team lines up and, and which formations it, it's using most often. All right, I'm going to give my I'm going to give my game ball on the defensive side of the football. I did think the linebackers had a good day, uh, but Grant Delpit looks the part and is already starting to flash you know, signs of being able to play the position and play the position at a high, high level. Uh, with, with Joseph on the sideline today, uh, Delpit in the backfield with, with Sendejo, a couple pass breakups, knocked the ball away a couple times, uh, forced a fumble, uh, w- was all over the football field and really kind of showed his athleticism uh, today at practice. Yeah, I, I, I like the fact that we saw him at both those safety spots. And I think he – I don't know which one he'll ultimately stick at. I think he, the body type, he looks like he could be your traditional free safety, but also he's big enough and tough enough to play closer to the ball. So uh, I think it's clear, like, there, there are certain players who you don't really can label starters right now, but I think they're guys like Grant Delpit, David Njoku, Kareem Hunt even. These are guys that are going to have roles on the team, major ones, even if they don't line, line up perfectly on your, on your depth chart with just 11 guys. I think that that is a key. That's a great point because there are so many players that are going to have an impact on whether this team wins or loses games that aren't your starting 22. I mean, that's there's going to be a number of players that come in, rotational guys that have big impacts on this football team and the success of this team in 2020. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's this year more than ever, you got to have depth all over the place. And I think that's, that's what you're searching for. And you're also, you're looking at 10 less guys this year on the practice field. So you, you got to have the right guys on the field right now. And, uh, and everyone out there knows they have some of the fringe guys know they have a better chance this year to, to have an impact than, than maybe some other years, because there's 10 less guys. All right. Today at the podium, coach talked, Nick Harris. We got to hear from him. Very impressive. Kevin Johnson, again, very impressive. We got to hear from Olivier Vernon, a guy that we really don't talk to much. And he keeps to himself. He does his business. And he goes out and he performs. And he wears hooded sweatshirts in 90-degree weather. Um, (laughs) But he he did address the media. Any big takeaways from today's media availability at the podium? Well, I think it's when when you're a guy like Olivier Vernon who it's, you know, he's he's a soft-spoken guy, doesn't talk a lot, but – when you hear him talk, uh, especially about last season, it, it was, it's just almost like he was kind of just disgusted by it all. You know I mean? It just, it, it was just so tough on him, the, the veterans on that team to see an opportunity that they probably thought was missed. 
or they saw a locker room that maybe had thought it arrived before it really had. And I, I think as a veteran, kind of a wise old veteran in, in that group, I think it, it wore on him. And then, and then there's two parts to that, is that it also warned him that he really couldn't help much during the second half of the season when they, you know, they needed uh, any defensive lineman uh, in the wake of Miles Garrett to help this team. And I, I think that, that, comp- that made for kind of a, just a tough year for him to swallow. And I think he, he comes back with a lot to prove and a lot to contribute to this defense. I think he's, he's someone that kind of gets overlooked when you talk about this team. I mean, he's a really good player. Uh, and there's a reason why you made a big trade to get him here. Uh, and I think last year you didn't get to see the full version of it because of that injury. And also, even you know when he did come back those couple games, not 100%. Miles Garrett's not on the opposite side of the field. Uh, I think he's a, a huge member of this defense. Uh, and I, if both he and Garrett can stay healthy, I mean that those are two of the better defensive end combos you can have uh, in the entire league. So a, a vast, a very important player on this team. And I don't know if we know yet the impact that Nick Harris will have or won't have on the 2020 campaign uh, at center um, or at any offensive line spot, whether it's guard or or center. I don't think we know what that's going to look like, but the, the media, both locally and nationally, got a chance to talk to him today. And the number of people that had so many positive things to say about that young man you know, yesterday, Jimmy D. Haslam said, you know, Andrew Barry and Kevin Stefanski, they're, they're flatlined. Like, they don't get too high. They don't get too low. And, and Nick Harris is that guy, I feel like. He doesn't get caught up in the moment. He knows what he has to do. What's being asked of him is a lot. And he, he's taking it in stride right now. Yeah, and I think he's someone that – has been overlooked a lot because of his size. He's, he's a shorter guy. And I think that he's just proved, proved it at every level. And I think that's why the, the Browns are so happy to get him in the fifth round. And, you know, ideally, you're, you're not starting him this season to, at all. I mean, you want to have J.C. Treader out there in the middle. But, I um, mean, he's someone that you can groom and, and certainly have as kind of maybe even a sixth man on your offensive line, him or Chris Hubbard, uh, because of their versatility. And I, I think that's what makes – uh, him such a valuable member of this group. I think the only thing that is potentially being inhibited by this is you, you're losing some reps at guard where he might be able to help this team as well right now. But it looks like that's why it tellers job to lose at this point at, at right guard. But uh, this experience will be huge for Nick Harris. And, and in the event uh, that, that JC has to miss any time in the season, you can feel a little bit better knowing that you've got this guy some valuable reps uh, during training camp. Indeed. All right. So today, a light practice. There wasn't a lot uh, – I mean, they got after it a little bit, but it wasn't a long prank practice. It wasn't a lengthy one. Kind of a get the feel of the pads as we continue this ramp-up process. And I would assume as the week goes on, practice is going to get a little bit longer and a little bit more intense as we go. What do you expect tomorrow from this football team? I would expect a better – just better, cleaner practice. I think this – that was – the weather is going to be nicer. So you don't have that excuse anymore. I think, I think that they're, they're going to harp on things over these next few, few hours to, to get things right. And I think there's, there's a lot to prove. You don't usually see a team put together two sloppy practices in a row. So I think they'll bounce back and, and we'll have some more, uh, more highlights to share, to share on the Browns social media channels. All right. So it, is it safe to say the defense is a little bit ahead of the offense? Do we I would say today that was the case. I don't know about in general. Yeah, no, I, I, and I would agree with that. Is that a concern at all? 
I, you know, watching the, the fan base on social media, you know, the, the couple questions coming through and I just, I was wondering, I'm like, is it, doesn't concern I me mean, for me. It's practice number three. It's first one in pads. So let's. Yeah. I forget which cliche it is. It's the, is it the defense is always ahead of the offense at this I time of year? Or the offense is already ahead, always ahead of the defense. Like, I don't know. They're both dealing with new coordinators. They should be on equal, equal playing field. Uh, I, I think maybe the offense is having to learn uh, a little bit more of a change from the, to what they're doing compared to the defense last year. I don't know. I mean, I could be off on that completely, but uh, you know, I think it just depends on the day. You, you can create a narrative based on whatever you saw in the field every day, because ultimately at the end of the day, you're practicing against each other. Yes, exactly. We're going to be doing that a lot. Yeah. No joint practices this year. Yeah. They, they should get used to that. They're not going to be able to beat up on anybody else until September 13th. They're going against each other. Just take it easy guys. Just take it a little easier. Uh, that's going to wrap up uh, today's best podcast available. We are back with you tomorrow. Coaches and players coming up on the program later this week, as well as some reaction from uh, some of the uh, media members as to what they've seen to this point from Brown's training camp. You can like and subscribe today to the best podcast available and uh, get that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can also watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Browns. We are back with you tomorrow, uh, day two of five straight Friday, the next time that we are off. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the best podcast available.